0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us today. If you're listening on podcasts on Apple, Spotify, Google, or Stitcher, also we're up on my social media on uh, Twitter and Facebook, as well as LinkedIn right now. I'll share that again as we go with the show today. Um, And if you're watching us on YouTube, we greatly appreciate it as well. Um, As always, you can connect with me on social media. I am at Jason Grill on Twitter at Grill Nation Show, also on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us today uh, for another episode of the Grill Nation Show with Jason Grill. Um, Today we are going to be talking to the co-founders and co-owners of Complete Legal, but before we get to them, I want to talk to Sayard Parrish uh, from Landmark National Bank. She is a, uh, and they are a collaborator with the show. Their website is banklandmark.com. Sarah, welcome to the show. How are you today?
1: I'm doing great. How are you, Jason?
0: It's good. I haven't seen you in quite a while. What's new?
1: It has been a while. Uh, Just, you know, kind of (laughs) life is going at a a rapid speed, it seems like these days. But Mm -hmm. business is good and uh, lots of busyness.
0: Oh, wow. Tell me about it. We were just talking about that before we jumped on here. It's it's been pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, you're obviously you know getting excited for a summer here, but uh, the bank is 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 just so busy. What what do you have to update about kind of some of the stuff happening at the bank? Are there any updates we need to be aware of as far as you know kind of what's happening at Landmark National Bank or you know with any kind of hot topics that are arising right now in your world?
1: Sure. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's an interesting time for us, and you know, many of our clients. Um, we just recently, a few weeks back, had a, a client success series event, which is something we do periodically, um, just with topics that come across our desk and our conversations with our clients. Um, so we held a an event a few weeks back, just talking about that very thing. What are the, what are the hot topics that that you should be thinking out about as a business owner. And it was kind of geared towards what are those C-suite kind of HR, COO, IT marketing kind of topics that we're hearing frequently. Mm-hmm. So if I had to pick two that we covered, it's probably the war on talent, um, you know, just trying to retain folks, attract folks, um, having enough people to fulfill, um, you know, the, the jobs that you have and the work that you have. You know to do, and then also just the the pressure of the rising interest rates and inflation. That's that's probably the one of the bigger topics lately.
0: Have they been um, rising more since probably the last time I had you on the show?
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> we've seen uh, the Fed increase uh, rates, uh, the prime rate uh, up seventy five basis points already this year. They're projecting many more um throughout the end of the year so we we could see that even rise uh you know another hundred maybe even 200 basis points so that's definitely um we haven't been in that environment for quite some time so that it it's it's definitely you know causing folks to just kind of um relook at at things they're considering and 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 maybe move move quicker now to take advantage of of rates before they go up further Um, Mm -hmm.
0: Well, that's cool. I know you guys do a lot of events like that, and um, it's always nice to have updates on what's kind of the hot topics going on right now and what we should be looking out for and I know you guys do a really good job of communicating that to not only your clients but also to the community. so um, congrats to you on all that work. I need to connect with Jeff again too to Jeff Phillips because I need some uh, I need to I need to use my audible credits that I've been paying for for years. Um, yeah. try to see if there's any books I should read. I know you guys we, have a lot of programs like-
1: we do have the book club. And I can't think of what the book is this month, but uh, definitely can can get you that info.
0: Very cool. Sayer Parrish, Vice President at Landmark National Bank is with us. Let's talk about our guests today um, that we're going to have on the show. Eric Kelting and, and Jeff uh, Dryling, who are the co-owners of Complete Legal. Um, I'll put their website here up on the screen in a second. Uh, give us a little bit of a, a background about them and we'll, we'll dive deeper with them as well.
1: Sure um, met them a number of years ago as they were um, they had started their business several years prior but just um, kind of had hit a, a growth um, point in their business and was able to help them you know continue continue to do that and uh, since then you know had they they've been friends and um, clients of the bank and um, we just are thrilled for, for their success and how they've grown such a strong company. And they, they definitely, um, are very mindful about the culture that they're creating within their, within their company, as well as, you know, just being good stewards to their clients.
0: Mm -hmm. That's great. Great. Well, let's bring them on. Um, Jeff Dryling and Eric Kelting from Complete Legal, their website, uh, is, Uh, completelegal.us that's completelegal.us i'll put that up on the screen welcome to the show guys how are you
2: thank you great thank you for having us us.
0: so let's just kind of get a a background of you all i know on your website you have um a really cool kind of a question and answer with you on your personal pages but um tell us a little bit about yourself um we'll start with eric you know just give us like a, a general viewpoint of your um you know your background
2: yeah, absolutely. So I uh, graduated from, uh, from KU and uh, took a job with the local Kansas City Bar Association. So graduated with an advertising degree, but I've spent my entire career in the legal space, uh, which was unforeseen uh, coming out of college. But I uh, took a job with the uh, local bar and uh, there I met uh, Jeff and some other folks that were in this weird thing called litigation support. Um, I didn't know what they did. I just know that there were a lot of them in Kansas City at the time, and they were all heavily involved in the uh, Bar Association trying to reach attorneys in Kansas City. And I was very intrigued by the industry, intrigued by the culture at the time, uh, and then jumped in and honestly never looked back. And so uh, Jeff and I worked together for about eight years. uh, We set out our non-competes. We both stayed in legal. I uh, worked for a company called LexisNexis uh, in the space, and we launched Complete Legal about seven and a half years later. So.
0: Well, that's cool. I've heard of LexisNexis as a lawyer, <laughs> um, but I don't. I I have I all those CLEs coming up, guys. That I, I keep my law license in Missouri and Kansas, um, and you know do a little bit here and there. But you know now's the time where I have to like rush to figure out how I can get those CLEs. And man, LexisNexis. I had a lot of times of that during the law school days. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so anyways, uh, very good, Eric. And I, I enjoy your background images. Those are cool. <laughs>
2: oh, Thank you. Uh,
0: <laughs> I need to find out where you got those. Um, Jeff Treiling is also with this, also a co-founder of Complete Legal. Uh, Jeff, introduce yourself, if you would.
3: Yeah. Um, I met, I, well, I guess background wise, I also graduated from the University of Kansas. Uh, I'm a few years older than Eric. Um, and uh, I bounced around from uh, a few jobs when I got out of college, like most people trying to figure it out from had a weird uh, confluence of interests and computers and IT and sales were my two skills. And those back in that day, those weren't all that valuable necessarily. So I bounced around between those two jobs until I finally got a job in this wild litigation support catch all industry, but it was in 2001. And so at that time, Uh, The industry was basically like uh, I describe it as like a Kinko's, like your local Kinko's store on steroids. There's just big rooms of coffee machines, and so I was one of the guys that would push boxes up and down the street, and I did it for a living, and I loved it because I wasn't sitting behind a cubicle and I was out meeting people. And attorneys were interesting to me, and they always had something to say. So um, I did that for like a year and a half, and then I realized that you know I was pushing boxes for a living with a college degree, and I was a low man on the totem pole, and maybe I needed to you know, get my stuff together a little bit and figure out how to make something of myself. And just about that same time, uh, you know, electronic discovery uh, and legal was becoming a buzzword of how do we handle emails and things like that. And so my background, luckily, just fit perfectly with my interests and the needs of the business. And so I chose to go really deep, really fast into e-discovery and use that to kind of catapult myself to where I was able to, you know, launch this company with Eric eventually.
0: Hmm. Let's skip to that. Like, what is actually is e-discovery?
3: That's a good question.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I should know this, but I um, it's obviously yeah. probably changed a lot over the years. Yeah.
3: I, I like to keep things really simple because I'm not all that smart. So uh, <laughs> there's two types of discovery, right? There's things that are kept in paper format and stored in paper format. And in the course of a litigation, uh, you have to exchange that with your opposing counsel. And so that would be non-electronic or non-e-discovery information. So like a memo or a handwritten note, anything that you create on a computer, whether it be an email or a text message, or quite frankly, if you have a smart light bulb and you turn the switch on with your light bulb, you're creating potential uh, electronically discoverable evidence. So e-discovery, electronic discovery, electronically stored information, it's all the catch-all for the same thing, which is all the uh, non-physical Uh, data that might need to be exchanged in the lawsuit data that is created and stored electronically
0: Hmm. interesting interesting stuff i um i want to kind of dive into kind of your company and you know you mentioned you work together at different times um what what drove you to start a a business and, and why did you decide to do that
2: uh we always joke that you know we came to work every day in the same physical office but uh I worked for three different companies, and Jeff worked uh, for a fourth since he was there uh, a few years before me, and um, I, I think just through mergers and acquisitions, uh, I, we had a rotating door of CEOs. I think we had six CEOs in six years, and uh, it was kind of chaotic, right? Our uh, private equity has been a part of our space since the mid-2000s when uh, eDiscovery really started to take off. and um, it was really, it was really cool experience. I mean, we stayed put, but got to see a lot of different companies and cultures and styles of management and really got to understand what it's like to work for private equity and what they're interested in. Um, but it was a little chaotic. You know, we, the, the last merger, uh, I think year seven, year, year six, year seven, somewhere in there, uh, was pretty chaotic. We had two companies that kind of smashed us together. Uh, Jeff and I were in national director roles traveling the country. We both had small children. Um, and just, you know, it, it just was unfulfilling at that point without going into the weeds of kind of what, what the company was going through at the time. And so, you know, we left, we honestly didn't, uh, leave thinking we were going to start our own company. Um, but we both ended up in software sales and we were very unfulfilled. And so we got together, I don't know, maybe six months after our departures separately and we're kind of licking our wounds and trying to figure out what we wanted to do next and, Honestly, we just started talking about, you know, what if we did it our way? What if we did it in Kansas City and and started going through some of the things, the lessons that we had learned from the previous couple of years of experience, especially that last year, year and a half was a lot of experience. Um, And so started talking, talking it through and I think what mid 2014 and what it might look like. So,
0: Mm -hmm. Jeff, take us through that process as well. Kind of like what what the learnings were and what you wanted to change. I think that's yeah, interesting.
3: yeah. I think that's that's literally what drove us. I think uh, Eric and I both have entrepreneurial spirits, and uh, we're both uh, very willing to take on risk when it makes sense. And so uh, those things are lined up. But I think what really formed the business, or what what drove us over that that uh, over the ledge, so to speak, is that we you know, for the last two years that we worked together for private equity, we knew that we were slowly destroying what we had built based off the orders we were given. Right. And we knew it wasn't going to work, but we still executed hoping that these people were smarter than us and knew better than us. And quite frankly, that is why we left is because, you know, you can only watch what you built get torn down for so long. Uh, and so, we had every motivation to come back and say, look, we're going to focus on the, on the, on the employees first. If we focus on our employees, they will take care of our customers. and Our customers will take care of us, you know, and, and we've never lost that paradigm, especially during the early days of COVID when everybody was scared. I mean, so that was probably the number one thing is that we watched so many good people get burned out and, you know, Uh, used up by this industry uh, that we wanted to attract and keep the good people that we'd worked with in the past that wanted to come with us. But we also wanted to bring new people into this and show them it could be done a different way, a way that respected people's uh, need to have family time and time away from work and boundaries. And at the same time, respected that when our clients called us, they were looking to be able to have that quality time with their families and outside of work that we needed to take on their responsibilities so they didn't have to worry. Uh, And so I would say those were the kind of the founding principles of Kansas City. The other thing, or uh, of our complete legal in Kansas City, I think the other thing is, is that we used to work for huge companies that had clients that were Amlaw 200, which is the 200 largest law firms in the country, and Fortune 500, which is the 500 largest corporations in the country as customers. And we had learned all of our skills working for those people. And then The vast majority of attorneys, especially in Kansas City, don't work for a big law firm and they don't work for a big corporate legal department. They are solo and small firms. And that that entire market had been ignored by the e discovery industry because private equity, it's a lot easier to sell one huge deal than 100 small deals, right? And so as a small business, we identified that crack in the sidewalk and we built our business off solo and small firms and then started moving up to medium-sized firms. Uh, And so uh, those, I would say those were the most important things in founding Complete legal.
0: That's awesome. Wow. That's great. And for, that's great advice, great information and great takeaways. Um, we're with the co-founders of complete legal. Um, you met, uh, you work with Sayard and Jeff and others at landmark bank. What has that relationship been like?
2: That's been great. We actually met, uh, Sayard (laughs) and Jeff, uh, at a previous, previous bank years ago. Um, we were, uh, at the time, we were buying out our third partner. We were just a couple of years into the business. We had launched a second business with this partner. And you know, we were honestly just interviewing banks and trying to establish a good banking relationship. And, and we were referred to Sayard and Jeff, I think specifically by one of our uh, clients in the legal space who uh, had um, really good things to say about both of them. And I can tell you, we've met with a lot of bankers then and then over the years. And there's something about Jeff and Sayard that's just different. Um, they're small business minded. They're Kansas City focused. Um, they believe in entrepreneurs and and and, and really, uh, you know, just I think took down some of that the 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 fears of, of engaging with a bank and trying to understand what a bank is trying to get at when they're interviewing you and going through your balance sheets and and P and Ls and things like that. And really just spoke to us like like humans who maybe don't know everything about banking, right? And just translated things to the way we could understand them and and have been uh, educated us along the way. So, Mm -hmm.
0: Well, that's positive, Sayer.
1: (laughs) I didn't even pay him to say that. Sayer,
0: what do you have to say about these two guys? (laughs)
1: Uh, You know, I think that, um, you know, we try to have the same focus with our clients that they have with theirs where, you know, we do, you started as a small business owner, right? Before you grow along the way. And we always want to try to support uh, those entrepreneurs as they're getting started, but also, you know, when you kind of grow into the next step and continue to be there for you. So then I think that's the same thing that that Eric and Jeff do. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, So Eric and Jeff, talk to me about, um, you know, your process, right? So, you know, what does it look like? How how does an attorney or a group kind of connect with you? and, And where does it start? You know, as far as working with you all, kind of the, the basic business process that people can expect when they work with you or your yeah. team? Uh,
3: yeah, uh, the basic business process for us is, is, is pretty simple uh, and it's, it's different than a lot of our competitors. But uh, when, when a client engages with us, whether that be because we've uh, identified them as somebody that could likely use our services or if they have a specific need and they've been referred to us, um, the first thing we're going to do is try and establish exactly why they've engaged with us. So, you know, tell us about the case that you have on your mind. And then from that moment forward, our solutions team is going to be working. Whoever, However that case comes in, we're going to start working to try and identify uh, the key milestones that we need to help them with in that case. You know, is there a time restriction that you're worried about? is there a huge amount of data and you don't know how in the world you're ever going to be able to look at all of it and consider it in the course of this legal action? Uh, You know, is there budgetary concerns and you've gotten a bid from a big national competitor of ours that has scared you. And that's a lot of times what it is, you know, but it's we identify what we're there and we start building a customized solution that will meet all the needs, but none they don't need at the lowest possible price. I know that sounds like a boilerplate, like salesy type thing, but literally what we do is we have a toolbox full of a bunch of different software that uh, anybody can buy if they have the resources and the desire. So we describe it like a bar. Uh, If you're in downtown Kansas City, especially like in the Power and Light District, let's say you've got seven or eight bars within, you know, a, a 30 second walk. And if you like to drink Tito's soda with a lime like I do, you can get that about any bar in America. So why is it that someone's going to choose to come to the complete legal bar to order their drink versus go to another bar? And that's all in the process of how we get there and how you feel when you leave after having that drink.
0: And what, what do they say to that, Eric? Like, why do they choose you guys? What's the, what's the secret sauce?
2: Yeah, customer service project management. It really, you know, like Jeff said, we're, you know, our industry is full of, of the same software that everyone else is using. Um you know some you know like the bar analogy or the plumber analogy where you know we've got a lot of the same tools um in in our toolbox uh cloud computing has absolutely leveled the playing field you know in the old days you had this you know even when complete legal first started we you know we had tens of thousands of dollars in capital expense just in servers for processing power and and to and to be able to get through that data that clients give us. Um, and with with AWS and Azure and other cloud services, I mean, the, the playing field's leveled. So, I mean, really, it, it comes down to service and project management. You know, our our employees truly do care about our clients. Um, you know, we, we see our clients regularly, you know, whether it be at um, different association or industry receptions or hosting happy hours, luncheons, and things like that. But um, a lot of us have become friends with our clients. And so, you know, you want to take care of these folks because they're the ones that are taking care of us. So... It really, I mean, like Jeff said, it's it's, it's that simple. I mean, it's, um, you know, service and, and project management. So
0: is there any type of um, specific types of law that y'all work in or is it is it across the board? It's largely
3: across the board. I'm sorry, Eric. It's largely across the board. Oh, sorry, across the board but, uh, you know, any type of litigation is going to be, you know, a potential fit for us. But usually it's uh, like a business litigation, two companies suing each other, a lot of employment litigations. Uh, construction, products liability, you know, those types of things where they're really uh, the details are going to be in in an electronic place and that the budget or the amount at stake is going to warrant the expenses of going through uh, an investigation and building a database and a full review.
2: Yeah, a lot of data, a lot of documents, document intensive litigation. So I always tell people, the average Joe needs a lawyer, uh, for divorce, family law, maybe a traffic ticket. Uh, maybe their kiddo gets in trouble. They need a simple criminal lawyer. We do not we don't really do a lot of that. We do a little bit here and there. Um, but we do, like Jeff said, a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, a lot of commercial, uh, litigation, federal inquiries and things like that. So.
0: Mm-hmm. What's the transact, uh, the process been like since 2014 as far as kind of the paper versus the, uh, you know, c- technology and law, because, you know, I know a lot of older lawyers that are in their sixties and seventies and eighties, and and I'm curious if 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 they're all like completely transitioned now. I mean, I think they are, but are they not? Are, yeah. are we moving towards more of that? You'd be the, way that the court allows it.
2: You'd be surprised. Uh, you know, one of the founding principles of Complete Legal was that companies in our space, especially as they got especially as they got acquired by private equity. Didn't want to offer paper services anymore. They're it's you know they're not high margins. Uh, you have to be geographically very close to your clients. Obviously, if you're printing or scanning documents and or making those trial boards. Uh, but so in the early days, we looked around and said no one else in Kansas City wants to perform this service yet. There's still a need with the legal community here in Kansas City, and it's not sexy and it's not you know like Jeff said you know pushing boxes around. Ah, uh, downtown Kansas City isn't necessarily glamorous, but again, uh, focusing on the services that clients need, we felt like it was something that we needed to do. Now, with that said, the industry as a whole and definitely complete legal since our inception, paper has become diluted each and every year. Um, there are just less documents and 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 discovery that are in hard copy form. So you know we still do some mass scanning of old corporate records, but for the most part, most of the relevant documents are you know email and Office and uh, you know Excel and Word documents and things like that, um, and so with the and growth of our
0: boxes, of, I've been at. <laughs> I'm just thinking back to my days as a young clerk at Shakardi or one of these firms, these bigger firms, and and having to go into the parking garage in the basement and have like yep. thousands, and you know they're, they're required to keep the documents for ten years, I think. Maybe it's still ten years. I don't know. Five years, but anyways, I just remember just looking through all the documents nonstop. I mean, it's it's just crazy to think that. The, how we used to do things, you know, we, the law library and everything.
2: We do a little bit of it, but you'd be amazed. We still print four to 5 million pages a year. Uh, so even though we're not printing as much discovery and most, I mean, just about everything is digital. And even um, when it comes time for trial, uh, you know, courtrooms are, are wired and, and people are projecting exhibits, but we're still printing a lot of exhibits. So you still have those hard copies that get passed around the courtroom. Uh, to the judge, to the to the jury, to opposing counsel, things like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, four million pages a year, four to five million pages is still just mind-boggling to me. Every time I, I look at our our click counts on a, on a given year. So,
0: one of the things I noticed on your website, Eric Kelting and Jeff Dryling, also joined by Sayred Parrish from Landmark National Bank. Uh, the website again is completelegal.us. Um, is about growth, and you mentioned in part of your values. You know, obviously, you, you talk about trust and execution, um, teamwork and fulfillment. But one is growth and never stop evolving. Take me through kind of that growth from a um, value standpoint, and also for a company standpoint, as far as how you've how you've grown your business with whether it's team members or putting more resources into it.
3: Yeah, uh, that's exactly. I think growth is really. The one thing that's not optional here at Complete Legal, we've uh, before it was in vogue in 2014, we had a you know a no vacation, no sick time policy, work from home. Like if you get your job done, you get your job done. We tell people in 2014, Jeff. In 2014, we started our, our business with that philosophy because we knew that people could walk across the street and make more money because we were self funded. You know, we we started Complete Legal with an investment of fifteen thousand dollars total. And then everything else that we've done has been hand to mouth. And so we couldn't pay the top talent what they deserved. And so we had to build talent from people that were just good people that we wanted to invest in. Mm -hmm. And, and we knew that to keep them, we had to make it a truly better place to work, not just say it's a better place to work. And so we started doing employee friendly things like the no vacation policy, the no sick time policy, because our industry requires you to work odd hours and sometimes you'll work 30 hours straight and we don't yeah. want people then feeling like they need to go to the office the next day or take a PTO day. Uh, we want to treat people like adults and we want them to act like adults. And so growth uh, is just another way of doing that. You know, so we've, we've always invested in our employees. We've reimbursed people that want to go take classes to help them get better at this job or other things in life. You know, we encourage people to uh, you know, we have, we have bookshelves where we share books that we read on, you know, and I know you have your book clubs there at the bank and, you know, we all bring our books in. It, let me ask wish. you guys
0: a question about that. Do you consider listening yeah. to a book, reading a book, Jeff and Eric? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. I do. Yes, <laughs> it counts. <laughs> yeah. Only way I'm
2: getting through books.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so you guys I, I have really been above the I curve still, here.
0: Yeah. You've been, you've been above the cur- curve as far as like, kind of the world we live in now with mm-hmm. um, flexibility in your work, obviously coming out of the COVID pandemic, but you know, I, I feel like it's almost like a necessity these days with the new, then you know, with the, with the, uh, what's, with Gen Z, I think that's after millennials. I might yeah. be, I might be confused since I'm a Gen Xer, but. Um, it but, is, <laughs> we had a,
2: Jeff and I were at dinner on Saturday. We actually had to look this up. So we it, we started, we were at a birthday dinner. So we got on that topic. So yes, Gen yeah. Z. Yeah.
0: So yeah, so I mean, you guys are doing this before um, and you mentioned you work with kind of, you know, all different types of firms, but if you had to kind of cate- categorize it um, small, medium is it most of the part of your business, or is it now also the larger as well?
3: Um, you know, we started with small and graduated the medium, and we're certainly now working with larger law firms. It's kind of tricky with the services we provide because most of the larger law firms have departments in house that you know, in theory and in actuality, in some cases, do what we do. Um, the difference is, is and you know, and I'll say this, and I still haven't had anyone argue with me about it is that most of our business is transactional. So we make a mistake that's egregious enough, we can be fired and be out the next day. If you have a big in-house department that does the same thing that we do and they make mistakes, you can't fire that many people and replace them that quickly, you know? And so we have to earn it every single day. And our customers know that and our employees know that. And it's part of our culture is that You know, yeah, we get days off, but the company can't take days off. we got to be there for our customers because if we're not, there's a whole bunch of bigger, more well-funded companies standing right behind us to take the work. Mm -hmm. And that's
2: really comes down to our, the, the, uh, the kind of the founding, our origin story uh, is that we looked around and said, look, there's at the time, I think there were about 650 companies in our space and the majority of them were coming into Kansas city and just wanting to sell to four to six law firms. Right. So you mentioned Shook. Uh, Polsonelli Hush, Denton's, you know, there's some pretty big law firms in Kansas City, but there were hundreds and hundreds of companies that wanted their business and then really neglecting, you know, 80, 85% of the legal community in Kansas City. And that was one to 50 lawyers at the time. And that number has gone up a little bit, that top end. But, and so that's, that's really our origin story was let's look at this customer base. These are the ones that are underserved, that needs, need support, needs service. And as Jeff said, we have definitely been working with larger law firms as we have grown, but Large law firms also buy our services a little differently, as he was describing, and so we really remain focused on that small to medium size. But you know, at this point, we can handle um, any size law firm because it really comes down to the you know, no matter how big the law firm is, the legal team is the same size typically. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: very fascinating. Eric Kelting and Jeff Dryling with Complete Legal website is completelegal.us. Um, you recently moved offices, is that right? You relocated from yep. uh, downtown Kansas That's City good. to Mission, Kansas. Um, why did you do that? And then we'll get into the new space.
3: Eric, do you want to start with this one?
2: Yeah, I'll take this one. So <laughs> our lease was, we, we actually, we started the company in this really tiny little closet um, right outside of downtown. And then we, we moved uh, downtown and had a, like, I think about a six year lease. And so I think we're about a year out and, um, a lot of changes were happening with our, with our building and the, and the ownership of our building. And, and as a tenant, it wasn't terribly enjoyable to live through. And so we were trying to figure out, you know, what, what do we do? Do we keep our space? Do we downsize? Do we need more, uh, whatever. And actually Jeff came to me and said, I think we should buy a building. And I'm like, you are freaking crazy, dude. Like we have got so many problems. Uh, we're trying to grow and scale a business and, uh, but Jeff's like, no, I think it's a good idea. I know some guys that have done it. It's a really good investment. And, planted that seed. Um, And so after I kind of got over how crazy I thought he was, we really started kind of digging into it. Um, You know, started talking to Jeff and Sayard at the bank and and, uh, started looking at property and realized it's actually, you know, looking at the numbers, I tell folks all the time, moving out of downtown uh, in six years of rent and parking, we would have paid for this building and the build out. And so you, you just, you look at those types of economics, especially as a young business with we're a professional services company. We don't have a lot of assets on our balance sheet. We Really, have very little to nothing. Um, so you start looking at the economics of it, and you're like, "Oh my god, this is this is a no-brainer." Jeff, we should do this, All right? <laughs> um, and so that's really how the seed got planted and how we kind of went through it. Uh, so,
0: so tell us about the new space, Jeff. I mean, how new is it? Um, I, I never got yeah. that in my notes, but how long have you guys been in mission? And, and what are you? What are you, What does it look like?
3: Well, we've been in for just about a year right now, fully in the new office, and what was really cool about it is that Eric didn't take much credit there, but Eric found the building and figured out how to pay for the building and for the build-out, so he did all the hard work, and then uh, I got to come in and play around with him during the build-out. And luckily we found a building that uh, was low priced for a good reason. It needed some, it needed to be touched uh, just about all of it, but the bones were great. The location was awesome. So we got to go through and really kind of create what we wanted. And we started with culture first. And so a big portion of our office is devoted to kind of co-working space and lounge area and, you know, communal areas where, People can gather. We put in the closest thing to a full kitchen that we couldn't put in. We couldn't put in an actual um, cooktop because that would have required like a $50,000 grease trap because they thought we were going to try and sell uh, food out of here. But we have an oven here so that we can share food and meals together.
0: Just and what I think we, about when, when, you know, an e-discovery legal company is going to sell food, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, we, do, we, yeah, exactly. we, we
2: break bread as a, as a company quite a bit. As, it or entrepreneurs,
0: not. as entrepreneurs, um, you know, Permitting and, and and how hard it is to like do some of this stuff. It's uh it's a passion of mine to try to change that with public policy. But mm-hmm. if you have to pay fifty thousand to have a kitchen, I mean for a for an e yeah. discovery and legal uh services professional services company, you know there's a problem.
3: Jason, I could tell you stories for hours. Eric's t- tired of listening to him about the permitting <laughs> process and why things got hung up. And it just you know quite frankly. I know this isn't what it's about, but it, it, it was the only part of the process that, that, that wasn't enjoyable. And, and I understand like there's, there's reasons that the regulations are there and the rules are there, and I appreciate them at times. But I think that common sense has, needs to come back a little bit in that process because it, when people asked about how, how it went, and it must have been awful. And it was like, no, our contractor was great. Our banking relationship was great. Our real estate transaction was great it was trying to get permits and understanding what we needed to do and not wasting money where we didn't. That was the really the only part of the process that was not enjoyable.
0: What is the address or what, what part of mission is it? in? We're at 5909
3: Martway. So uh, we are literally our, our outside of my office window right over here, I can overlook the uh, mission police department. So they've become good friends and neighbors of ours. And we've got the mission public pool just over off the back of our building. Uh, and so it's a fantastic location with one block off Johnson drive. Um, and so the, we've got all the businesses and the small community feel that, that, that is there. And the locally owned entrepreneurs all around us. So the, the, the energy here is awesome. The the options for our employees and for us to go and walk and get something to eat or walk to the hardware stores, just, it's, it's awesome. We, we really love it here.
0: No, exactly where y'all are. I used to tape this radio show uh, at intercom before it was Odyssey over there uh, by yeah. that target. Yep, so I've, yeah. I've definitely driven by your your, your new office many times. Um, what I
1: would have to say about their building is he talked a lot about the lounge space and how they use that internally. But I think, you know, Eric mentioned this earlier, that they do try to get that face time with their clients. You know, it's a very transactional business, but trying to build in that relationship where, you know, you have that great customer service and they know, you know them and want to take care of them really well. So they're really great about hosting networking and learning events, um, at their space and always generous with, with doing that.
0: That's awesome. We'll make sure to cater that in next time though. Don't want to cook anything yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <absolutely. laughs> um, you guys are into social media, right? And, uh, you have a, it's important to you and kind of how you, 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 Kind of get your, your brand out there and, 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 you know, have a story to tell. Tell us about, you know, how you've done that and kind of why it's important to you. Because I'm assuming, you know, uh, with your line of work, you have to be kind of creative uh, with social media.
2: Yeah, you have to be careful. When you said you guys are into social media, because you're talking to two guys that have a very small to no uh, social media footprint personally, but
0: you probably see a lot of social media discovery. We we
2: we do. We have to pull down a lot of social media posts. Uh, they're, They're they can be very relevant to litigation. But no, we you know in the early years of growing the business, you've got so many things you need to do, and and one of them was we needed a we needed an online presence uh we we said you know hey if we as we grow the company add services make big hires you know we want to be able to scream that from the rooftop but there needs to be someone to listen right and so we went to work on trying to create a social media presence and well as well as a good strong marketing database and so we could actually notify our clients when good things were happening at complete legal found an amazing partner uh christina hair or it goes by stina stina's been a godsend she is basically uh, an extension of our organization, and she honestly, she she really runs those channels, and we feed her content and and let her know the you know the calendar of events and the and where we're going to be and conferences we'll be at and things like that. But um, she is a mastermind of of social media, and she even you know can't, if I can we can disclose she runs our our LinkedIn pages, our personal pages, um, just to try and help in those efforts. And again, Jeff and I have both taken a lot of steps back off of social media over the last year or two personally, so. Uh, it's been really important. It just kind of gets the word out. It helps build our brand. You know, we don't, we're not like Charlie Hustle. We don't make t-shirts that people can, you know, hold and touch and, and wear. We're a professional services company. And so um, to create a brand and to create marketing and and to and create messaging, we have to use things like social media to do that.
3: Yeah. And I would just add to that, that I think one thing that amazed me through the social media, and we really embraced it early, and it was to... Uh, like Eric said, to be able to shout from the rooftops when good things happen. But what what happened in the process is we accidentally allowed our clients to go along the journey with us. And I don't know if it was intentional or not at the beginning, it became intentional. But some of our biggest advocates and some of the kindest words of support that you really need when you're starting a business uh, came from our customers and they became almost cheerleaders for us. And that was the coolest thing that social media has ever done, uh, at least for, in my lifetime for me, is that, it allowed our customers to to go along for the ride, and so when good things were happening, people knew it. And, and and now it's like my friends that I haven't talked to in a few months, and I see them. Sometimes they'll be like, "Hey, man, congratulations! I saw that you hired so and so." And to me, that's just the coolest, right? Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm looking at both of your LinkedIn's right now. They look great. I think I need to hire someone that you're working yeah. with. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I uh, I remember the first like Sealy or. Um, class or whatever i went to when they uh they brought up a facebook page you know and we're talking to lawyers about kind of like what you need to look for when you're trying to find evidence and all that and it just seems like so long ago you know somebody posted a photo or commented on something and how far we've come <laughs> yeah you know i mean it's just funny that like lawyers were having to had never heard or seen anything about any of these you know platforms that you can you know do research on so okay. anyway uh, and now a, we can,
2: uh, now we can tell you where you posted it and where you were at what time and, you know, what yeah. device you were holding or so crazy.
0: Yeah. Um, I want to talk to you all about entrepreneurship. I, I know that it's important to you. I, I know that, um, that you're engaged in different organizations, uh, and, and you, you believe in resources for entrepreneurs and working with entrepreneurs. Tell us about kind of all of that and that experience and kind of, you know, being a part of EO and, and whatnot.
2: Yeah, so uh, Entrepreneur Organization is a a global organization. Uh, It's uh, an organization, and I think I wrote these down, uh, we're in 60 plus countries with about over 200 chapters and 15,000 members. And so we've got uh, a large presence here in Kansas City or in the U.S. and then a good presence here in Kansas City. So um, EO uh, really is, it's a group of of business owners. It's a group of peers. Uh, The two qualifications uh, to join EO uh, are that you're a majority or equal share um, owner of at least 30% or more with at least a million dollar business and the goal of that is to really put peers in a room together uh, and so you've got all sorts of different sizes of companies and you've got all sorts of different types of companies and in different industries and you know professional services or manufacturing and things like that you strip all that stuff away and I'm sure Sayed can relate to this having clients all over the metro and all over the, the region you strip all those, variables away at the core of it we have a lot of the same issues same problems um and same concerns uh uh, as entrepreneurs we wear a lot of hats you know we're owners we're um we're husbands and wives we're parents step parents we're ball coaches and pta presidents and uh we're involved in different charities and all those things and that honestly can be it can be exhausting and it can be stressful and it can be tiring and especially the last couple of years have been obviously a unique experience, and so the goal of EOs is just to get peers in a room together uh, and be able to talk through those issues and then really share in one another's experiences. And so um, one of the biggest caveats of EOs is, is that you don't dispense advice, you share your experience. And so, Jason, if you're going through something with your, with your company and you're not sure what to do, uh, the last thing you want is advice, and you, you, the last thing you want to hear is, oh, this is what you should do, or uh, here's a book you should read, whatever. Um, but if you're going through something that I've gone through, uh, maybe a problem or an obstacle, um, you're going to be a lot more receptive to the message. If I only share uh, my experience in first person, like, oh, I, had, I went through something similar. Here's what I did. Here's what I learned. Um, and then, you know, you can take bits and pieces from all those different experience shares from around the room and, and um, you know, kind of maybe develop your own solution to your issue at hand. So mm-hmm. um, it's been great. It's been great for our company. I actually I joined just before. Uh, COVID hit. And so you're the president good, now. I, I am the president of the Kansas City chapter. I was um, dumb enough to raise my hand. So yeah, I mean, yeah.
0: from from joining in 2020 to president in 2021, a rocket ship, Eric.
2: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, not ideal, right? But the the chapter has, has is growing. We're uh, 40 members. We'll probably be 50, 50 plus this time next year have amazing uh, board of directors that have helped a lot. We've got a chapter manager uh, who's amazing, who's actually a, a part-time employee of the chapter uh, named Loren. And uh, honestly, she runs EO Kansas City. The rest of us just sit in the seat for a couple of years. So. Hmm. Uh, but it's been great. And I've Jeff's been very receptive. I've, I've stolen a lot of little ideas over the last couple of years about growth and development and different things that we've implemented here in Kansas City. And so he's uh, he always humors me when I come out of an EO meeting or a forum meeting and I've got some new uh, idea or thing I want to implement here. And, uh, it's, he's been, uh, amazing and very receptive to some of the the learning that we've done. And he's actually been able to join us at a couple of events. So, um, and say as well. So the landmark has become a, a partner of the KC, uh, KC chapter. And so we really appreciate their involvement, uh, and in helping us grow and develop.
0: That's awesome. Uh, Jeff, I want to turn to you. Community engagement is important to your company. Um, I know you've been engaged with big sister, uh, big brothers, big sisters. I also was in the, the auction when it was a different name um uh, you were
2: the sexy second. single it was huh the yeah, singles
0: option yeah. the, the, the 2007 2008 cover boy you're talking to him right now um, but uh, you were you raised the most money uh the year you did it and now you're on the board uh i know that's important you're also on other volunteer boards and uh and have helped a lot of different people why is community engagement important to you uh,
3: I, I think that as a as a business of any size in Kansas City, there's a responsibility in this market that, you, that you're involved in and it's real involvement. It's not a community where if you write the check, people are well, look at them as they want to see you out doing the work. And, and I come from this community. So I come from that mindset as well. Um, I will say really quickly, I did set the record in 2017 uh, for most money raised, but then in 2018, Eric beat my record, so I just wanted to make sure I went, I, I wanted oh, to go wow.
0: on the record with that. You got to get your social so media that... person uh, putting that out, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, my record's
2: uh, now yeah. been beat like two times over, and and so it's... Yeah. Uh, Which is we raised like
0: 35000 the year I did it. I was the second year, so it's come a long way. It has. <laughs> yeah. It's up over a
3: million dollars a year now. Uh, isn't yeah. that incredible? <laughs> Um, but so it was really important for us to be involved. And then for us, we wanted to be involved where our dollars and our, you know, we say, we talk about the three T's, right? The time you have your time, you have your talent, you have your treasure. And some points in life, you're in a position to give time. Some points you're in a position to give talent. Sometimes, sometimes you can give treasure, um, sometimes all three, whatever. But we wanted to make sure that when we gave our, one of our three T's that we were giving back to, a, a, an organization that made an impact. Here locally, And it wasn't just, you know, throwing it into the wind and hoping something happens. So Big Brothers, Big Sisters obviously fits that mold. I mean, one to one mentorship is statistically proven and bore out to be the one thing that really can change the community. You can change, you can break a poverty cycle, you can break a, uh, you can break a, an abuse cycle just with consistent one-on-one mentorship and it's amazing how it works and if you don't know about big brothers big sisters and their mission i would recommend anybody to get involved however you can and also everything's fun it's an events driven organization right so we go we, we give some money we give some time but we go enjoy great parties and meet awesome people we were at their golf tournament yesterday it was an amazing day first class organization so uh big brothers big sisters is obviously near and dear to my heart and to eric's as well but For us, community involvement is super important. Our employees, we have an arm of our business called Complete Legal Care that is is run by the employees. So when we give our our time and our talent as a business, it's because an employee has brought charity to the forefront and said, I believe in this. They need people. We can help. And then a group of people gets together, and we go support each other's causes. And that's a great way to really show that we care about each other.
0: That's awesome. Wow. Well said. Well said on the, on the importance of these organizations and also, um, all of the work you all do with these two groups. Um, very cool. Uh, I'd like to kind of, we got about five to six minutes left. I want to talk about building a good business relationship. Um, you guys have a good working relationship. It seems just from listening to you for 45 minutes so far. Um, how is that? Why is that important to you? How did you build it? Obviously, how do you keep it moving? Um, you know, Talk to us about building the good relationship.
3: Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, unfortunately, one of the, you were talking earlier about what are the types of cases we see and, and we don't talk about it all that often, but we see business divorces. And those are the ones where people will spend stupid amounts of money just to win over ego. And business divorces are the only type of law that is more emotionally charged than an actual divorce if you talk to attorneys that do both. And so Eric and I have made it a... Uh, a very important, very, as in the forefront is our relationship. And I think it starts with the fact that Eric and I both respect each other and we respect our differences. And, um, but neither one of us is afraid to have conflict when necessary. So Eric will check me and I will check Eric and neither one of us likes it when it happens, but we don't let things go. Uh, we deal with things, if not in a moment, in a reasonably short amount of time, but to be honest with you. Because we do that, our conflict, we have very little conflict because we kind of know where each other stands and we can, you know, and and the fact that there is mutual respect and healthy communication means that we never stray too far from one another. And every once in a while we get lazy and it happens and we both realize it. And when we get closer, you know, and it's complicated. How about that? I guess I guess the overarching answer is it's complicated.
0: You balance each other out well, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll right. you, you need to talk about this, too, because, you know, we want an outsider perspective on their business relationship here.
1: No, I think I think it's exactly what you see here is that they do kind of counterbalance each other and understand what each other's strengths and, um, you know, where they can step in. that the other one, um, you know, isn't as strong. And I think we see a lot of business relationships and I think you can definitely see that they that 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 foundation is is really there um that then they they can work together and work through you know anything that comes up and and at the end of the day that foundation is built on those same values that they said you know that that caring about the employees and each other as people first is probably you know where it where
0: it starts Mm -hmm. eric you got you want to you want to Oh, I was gonna say we. Uh,
2: no, I, these are these are all really good points, and we had a we had eight to nine years of of working together and and a relationship before we started the company that obviously helped. And um, but we put so we we put in um, some personality profiling uh, solution about a year and a half ago to start to get an idea of our employees what makes them tick, and then really as a as a hiring tool. So when we're looking to make a new hire, that it's taking some of that gut out and using some analytics and data. Uh, We had to put ourselves through it and we went through training and uh, I'll never forget. I mean, we always knew we had we had complementary skill sets. But to see those those personality graphs just literally inverse and lay over each other Um, and then going through the training and listening, uh, you know, I just from across the room, listening to the trainer. Uh, dissect Jeff. I'm like, Jeff, do you do this? And Jeff, do you do that? And I'm like, oh my God, he's he's hardwired that way. He's not being an asshole. He's <laughs> just it's who he is. And so, um, it's just, it's just science at that point. So, that I know okay. anecdotally that that helped a lot. It was just good to go through that process. And you have kind of validate all the things that we've talked about as far as uh, we're very similar, uh, where it counts. And then we're literally polar opposites. And I think that is, that has uh, helped our our business relationship quite a bit just because we come at problems very differently and, and, and have a very different perspective on issues and things at hand. And it, I think it leads to very healthy debate and um, really great conversations. And, uh, you know, we close the door, we hash stuff out, maybe in one meeting, maybe over weeks or months. Um, but when we're all said and done, we've, we've flushed it out. We've looked at it, you know, 360 degrees and we, or we lock arms and, and go to war together. So,
0: mm-hmm very well said. Uh, a few quickies here. Best personal and professional advice. You can just pick one of those. Um, let's start with Jeff.
3: Uh, I'd have to say the best personal and professional advice that I'm living off right now is: you cannot expect that which you do not inspect.
0: Okay, it's kind
3: of a mouthful. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. It's kind of a tongue twister. But I, I think that during COVID, managerial wise, we'd gotten away from a lot of things that were working for us and we brought a lot of those back and what that is is just putting ourselves more into uh day-to-day operation and inspecting what our employees are doing so that they know that we care so that they're
0: delivering at a higher level
3: so mm-hmm. we have to inspect what we expect
0: nice eric do you want to you want to chime in real quick
2: yeah i might not be as eloquent as that uh you know my my mantra lately has just been uh keep things in perspective um, you know, I look around this uh, screen, none of us are surgeons or are saving actual lives. And so, uh, you know, at work or personal, we get worked up over things, a lot of things we can't control, um, and just keeping things in perspective and, and whether that be an issue at school or an issue at the business or the kiddos or whatever it is. And it's just like, Hey, like no one died today. Like, let's just figure out a solution, keep moving. So just, you know, try and keep perspective and, and, and positivity. So.
0: It's a good attitude. Uh, my final question is, if you were not working as a business owner, what would you be doing? I'm
3: unemployable, so i have to be working <laughs> for myself somehow. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I would 100% be out in uh, a shop building something. Mm-hmm. Uh, 100%.
2: Yeah, I think I would be. I also agree. I'm probably unemployable at this point, but uh, I think I would be pounding on the door of Nike uh, uh, to get into the uh, sneaker industry. That's really.
0: That's cool. You guys are you guys are entrepreneurial in, in more ways than you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you ever consider becoming an attorney? No, no, neither of you. Know, I, but, uh,
3: uh, I I I I used to always talk about wanting to become an attorney. Just just so that, like, because right now how it works, I do a lot of consulting and we charge by the hour. And every once in a while, we'll get a case where we consult and we'll open up, uh, you know, some damages that weren't previously there through what we did. And a case will go from a million dollars to 15 million like that. And I'm like, if I was an attorney, I could participate in this. And so I've always <laughs> joked about it. But no, I don't think either one of us give it serious thought.
0: Nice. I think we both you, like you to be proud. The is made enough, right? Yeah, I think exactly. we'd both like
2: to be trial litigators. I think we could stand up and try and convince someone we're right. That, that maybe our sales background or our passion. But no, I mean I can barely read, so I, I wouldn't have made it a day in law school. So, <laughs> and Jeff can't sit still for more than this. this is the longest Jeff sat still ever. So I don't think we would have done terribly well. And we had a guys, few more years of school.
3: Could, no, apparently
2: I mean, we were, like,
0: <laughs> Jeff got a Jeff was in a golf tournament yesterday. So with his charity. So you know he got out of the office at least one day, right, Jeff? Yeah. Yeah, my man was right there with me, supporting uh, it. Yeah, oh, good. I was there. I'm,
2: a, I'm a little, little sun-beaten today, but
0: it was worth it. <laughs> well, it was a gorgeous Good day. for you that you got in before the rain came. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Eric Kelting, Jeff Dreiling, uh the founders and co-founder, excuse me, co-founders of Complete CompleteLegal.us is the website. Complete Legal is the name of the business. Uh, awesome talking to you all. Sarah Parish from... Landmark National Bank. Their website is banklandmark.com. Um, thanks for all of the great advice, great insight, telling us more about Complete Legal. Um, man, I could talk to you guys for another hour. You, uh, you definitely have been some really good guests who uh, who aren't afraid to share the, share their story and uh, tell us the, the ups and downs. I mean, heck, I didn't even get into your risks, you know, and it, I'm just excited that you uh, that you came on the show today, to be honest.
3: it was was awesome to be here jason where as i told you earlier i'm a fan of the show so it's it's a a thrill for me to be on here and i really appreciate it
0: thank you guys and sire thank you to your to you and landmark as well
1: yeah thank you and thanks
0: yeah thanks to all the people who joined us and who will be uh listening to the podcast and uh, we will share it throughout the week we appreciate your time today we'll see you again soon take care and have a great day
1: thank you guys thank you
0: thank you